0: Deep in the bowels of Moore Hall Podcast Room, two mild mannered
1: CM Life newspaper editors harbor an unknown power. With this power comes great responsibility. Harken now your ears to the Raving Geeks! Hey, Raving Geeks fans, welcome back. We're coming at you live, not live, heavily Wajah. edited. Heavy, heavily edited, and not live at all, from the booth in the Moore Hall Podcast Room. My name is Malachi Barrett. To the left of me is Ben Solis. That's right, you can't get rid of us. We're back in your earwaves. And we got a lot to talk about today, so I think we're just going to jump right into it, eh? Yes, we do. We have uh, a little bit of news that had broke throughout the week. Uh, It seems that
0: this this Sony-Marvel deal between Spider-Man has finally reached its end. Hallelujah! Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's screaming for joy, jumping around, thanking their favorite deity. Spider-Man may very well be back in the Marvel Universe, Uh, and it was reported that in the Infinity War Double Saga, yeah. the split of the two movies, that Spider-Man will take a very important role as a lead and uh, lead the new Avengers to victory in battle. Uh, that opens the door to a lot of things. I think people are just excited that Marvel has retained power of its, like, most essential character.
1: I'm grinning from ear to ear. Oh,
0: absolutely. Wish you could see this, guys. <laughs> it is, like, wide.
1: Anyway, the point is is that he's back, and... Uh, What do you you think, Malachi? What do you think they're going to do with Spider-Man? Well, the ongoing rumor right now, which is extremely interesting to me, is that a handful or almost all of the Avengers will be knocked out of commission or killed in the first Infinity War movie or perhaps even in Civil War. Hallelujah! You know, Captain America dies at the end of Civil War in the comic books. That is very likely to happen here. Uh, so, basically, uh, Thanos comes and is probably just going to wreck Earth for a while after he gets the all of the Infinity Gems. Uh, and then, basically, in the second movie, it's up to this kind of new guard of Avengers, this new team made up of a lot of the uh, Phase 3 heroes, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Spider-Man, uh, possibly Iron... or, I'm sorry, possibly Power Man from his uh, new show and Daredevil. I'm not really sure if that's going to happen or not. But, basically, this new team of assemb- Avengers is going to be assembled. Uh, for the second film, and then, you know, that battle will happen. And I'm sure at the end of that film there will be just a large summer knockout drag-down fight where everyone comes back, you know, Captain America, I'm sure, maybe gets revived somehow, or, you know, all these Avengers come together to fight Thanos at the very end of that movie. That's kind of the way I see this happening. Which, I mean, if you're trying to make a two-part movie on the Infinity War that sounds like the perfect way to kind of end that off. You know, I can see this being just like a 45-minute battle scene at the end with all of the Avengers getting awesome character moments, you know? And that's the beautiful thing. It's, It's, you know, Marvel
0: has tried to poise themselves, position themselves as this, like, monster of visual effects and what it's going to offer you when you go to see that movie, that experience. It's going to be more than a comic book movie. It's going to be just a visceral eye feast. And it seems like Infinity War is going to be just that. They single-handedly have cornered the market by announcing that this is how they're going to do it, and then bringing Spider-Man back into the fold, and it's interesting too because we had spoken for the last couple of times about who's going to take over in this this new universe. I, uh, you know, purported that Ant-Man might be doing it, but now with Spider-Man in the mix, I mean, my God, it's clear that he's going to be the leader of this new Avengers force, um, you know, which is not uh, on
1: on scene throughout the uh, comic books. Uh, well, I mean, just to stay on this really quick before we jump off topic, I, I just think this is a really cool idea because the the sense of scale, you know, when we were talking about Civil War, we were like, well, we don't really know if it's going to be as it was in the comic books because we didn't know who they had. They're just the same. Not, you know, the number of heroes just isn't there. And you know, Infinity War is going to take place after Civil War, so I think that'll still be kind of grounded in the current continuity of the the MCU. But uh, Infinity War, by bringing in like this new team of Avengers and really expanding the Marvel universe, and I'm sure Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in that movie oh, too. By all means, you know, it's going to have such. Incredible scope, I think, that we haven't seen in any of these movies yet. This is really what it's all been building to, you know? And that's Absolutely. that's really exciting to me. You know, and I was interesting to see how they were going to milk all these properties still, you know what I mean? How yeah. they were going to keep Thor
0: going, how they keep all this other stuff going. And, and it's clear, you kill them off, you free the characters up, and then you bring them back for one shabam. It's what you're going to do with them afterward, too, you know? Do all these characters retire and do you continue on with this new phase? I mean, if they've got Spider-Man now... And Sony is okay with the product. Sony does retain the rights for executive production mm-hmm. and creative control, which might poise you know, some of a problem for Marvel, but you never know. The, the f- relationship could be absolutely fruitful. They could make tons of money, and then there we go. We have an ongoing Spider-Man series in film again, um, and it could be really fantastic. And one that's actually grounded
1: in larger... Marvel oh, of universe, course. Well, it's, made,
0: it's made by people who, you know, live and breathe the source material. You don't have a bunch of Hollywood excess kind of bastardizing the thing from, right, yeah. from the desk, you know what I mean? They are going to recast the character, so all you fans of uh, Mr. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Which, I was one of those. I thought he did a really good job. See, I'm exact opposite, and right. I have been for a while, but
1: it's Okay. You, you know, know. No, at I mean, least not, doesn't agree. At least they're not bringing back like a forty-year-old Tobey Maguire to show up and do that. Some people you know? have suggested that. Some really? people have suggested, hey, why don't you bring Tobey back? I mean, that's ridiculous. And M- make him as like an older Spider-Man, maybe he has been active. I don't know. It's kind of weird how they're going to handle this. I just, I don't want to have much focus on another Spider-Man origin story. I think that this is a good way to kind of circumvent that, you know? Just kind of have him established already. Maybe he's a younger kid who just started, but you don't need to see him get bit by the spider and all that crap all over again. Sure, you know, people, absolutely. It's in the public consciousness already. They understand this, how the story works.
0: Do you think that they would be bold enough to go the reboot route and make
1: someone like Miles Spider-Man in this Ooh, universe? Ooh, like a, uh, a minority character? Yeah. Miles Morales, the right. ultimate Spider-Man? I would be for that. Uh, I'd really enjoy Miles Morales. Uh, I've always enjoyed the ultimate uh, comics, and then after Peter Parker died uh, in that universe, and uh, he's half Latino, half black. Correct. Yes, he is African American yes, Latino. I don't know if there's a is there a special word for that. <laughs> there are a few. Yeah. But <laughs> <Like> mulatto. <or laughs> mulatto. Something? It's
0: it's uh yes. It is, That's not uh, offensive. It, is it? It is very offensive. Is but it? it's it's okay. Don't worry about it. We, I didn't uh, know that. No, no, it's not. It's not that bad. Um, there are worse things, but uh, yeah, I mean that is. I could
1: see that. Uh, Danny Glover, right? He's the. Uh Man, who am I thinking of? Childish Gambino. Isn't that Danny Glover? What's his actual Oh, name? no, that's uh, something. Something uh, Glover. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. Glover. Donald? Uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Hey. He's expressed interest in playing that character. I think that would be really cool. That he's, would be awful. He, what? Come um, on. I'm not a fan of community. He's got all... Oh, I believe that the boy. only thing good really? on community is Allison uh, Brie. Because, Get out of here. Know. You don't like community? Uh, it's a little silly. How is that possible? It's Chevy Chase, man. Chevy like, Chase is a small character, and he just like acts like Chevy Chase in real life, bad. like a senile... Dick. I, just, I just don't think it's that funny. Oh, well, we're gonna have to talk about. Oh that yes, a we time. will. We All will right. bring that up for another day, All right. fans. Point counterpoint, <laughs> sometime else. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what this kind of leads into is, uh, I'm not sure if pe- many people are aware, but ongoing right now in the comic book universe is this super uh, high profile, high profile event called Spider Verse, and that is where Creepy Crowley, Dan Slott, who's been running uh, Spider Man line for a while, ever since Superior si- Spider Man, a little bit before that Uh, has started this huge event where basically these dimension-hopping (laughs) vampire-like men are... (laughs) Are feeding the Marvel Universe, ladies and gentlemen. Are feeding on the substance of uh, Spider-Man in every dimension. Right? Substance of Spider-Man. Yeah, there is. What, what is the substance of Spider-Man? There's, there's some kind of like I don't know. It like sustains is it his
0: them. Heart tissue? Is it his lung tissue?
1: They just kind of like suck the souls out of him or something. I don't, I don't know, really <laughs> particular. We're we're only about halfway through. We're probably getting pretty close to the climax of the event here. So it's. I don't think I really know. Maybe it's been explained in a tie-in or something. But mm-hmm. anyway, so they're hopping across these dimensions, taking out all of the alternate universe Spider-Man. Like, uh, you know, the House of M Spider-Man, uh, Secret War Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man from the animated series. 60s, wow. The 60s Spider-Man cartoon is a canon appearance in there, too. That is,
0: that is all in these, this arc of this comic book. Yeah, they are all making
1: wow. – And it's literally every Spider-Man appearance that you can think of. So it's all the easy ones like Twenty Ninety Nine and all the ones that have kind of showed up recently. Spider-Man Noir, all the ones that are kind of you can rattle off if you know about this stuff. Um, But then it's like some of the more obscure ones are showing up too. So like I said, the animated series ones, um, the live-action Japanese Spider-Man, which which if you don't know what that is, you need to look it up online right now on YouTube. Spider-Man. He's the Spider-Man. He's the Spider-Man. Okay, so it's like. If someone took Spider-Man but then also decided to make him somewhat of a Power Rangers-like hero... In this Japanese live-action TV show, which was made, I think, in, like, the 80s or early 90s, maybe, he has a giant mecha robot. Oh, that's fantastic. He's got, uh, he, like, shoots guns and, like, drives a spider motorcycle. See, now that's a Spider-Man that I can get behind. He calls himself the Emissary from Hell. Oh, God. Absolutely. <laughs> Prepare to meet your fate. I am the Emissary from Hell. So he recently showed up with his uh, Megazord and everything in the book, and it was awesome. That is fantastic. Yeah, so, seriously, there was a, uh, one of the tie-ins was, um... Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man from like the newer TV show. There's, uh, some on Disney channel. I think I don't really, I've never seen it. I don't know. Uh, and Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, oh, who is a pig who was bit by a radioactive <laughs> spider. It's so It embraces oh, so, all so the ridiculous wait, the Looney
0: Tunes have the rights to Spider-Man before Sony did? And this is like residual well, like, no, trail-off? This, off, this was what? just like
1: kind of a... Like a <laughs> That's all, folks. It was in a Marvel universe where all of the heroes were farm animals, I think. Oh, God. There was Iron Mouse. <laughs>
0: like Animal Farm with, yeah, it was,
1: <laughs> with Marvel. It's completely ridiculous. <laughs> but the three of them go to the dimension where the 60s Spider-Man is and they have the entire issue colored and uh, you know drawn like it's an episode of the 60 Spider-Man that's show. Cool. Hey, for those of you familiar with the memes, the 60 Spider-Man memes, they hit on some of those too, and it's really funny, really Classic. cool. Um, yeah, so that's going on right now. I, I mean, that's – I pretty much, I think, hit on everything. If you don't like that, like, screw you. It's got all the coolest parts of <laughs> – you know, his lore, all the obscure, ridiculous crap about Spider Man. That is, of course, if you enjoy Spider Man. Yeah, well, I mean, you anyway, know, it's not taking itself too seriously. It's got uh, a confrontation between the superior Spider Man, where Dr. Octopus briefly inhabited the mind of Peter Parker and they, like, fight for control of the group. I don't know. It's just really cool. Sad. Art's really great. When they when
0: they split all these different universes, especially with the ultimate thing, you know, mm-hmm. do they keep these core tenets of what Peter Parker is? Do they do they meld it and morph it like more like an Elseworlds story? In DC? yeah,
1: uh, it's it's a lot like Elseworlds, I like guess you could say. Uh, they they play with some of the main things about Peter Parker. Like maybe in one universe, Uncle Ben survived, so he didn't ever become Spider Man. Uh, in another universe, uh, Peter Parker dies, but he has a daughter with Mary Jane, so his daughter takes on the role of Spider Man. In one, he's an anarchist UK. Punk, oh my
0: God. he's
1: called the uh, Anarchic Spider-Man. Rock and roll. Yeah, just you know, pretty much just little little tweaks on the character. They made up a lot. There's a Spider Knight who's like Spider-Man if he was well, like a sixteenth-century swordsman. I don't know. A lot of ridiculous ones too. Spider Monkey. <laughs> what? <laughs> From the Marvel Apes line. I don't know. So if tell me in this
0: comic book arc they attack? Uh, Turn off the dark.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That is in awesome. the most recent one, Turn off the Dark shows up. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man oh is my, in it. Oh my lord. Uh, and so is Andrew
0: Garfield. Does, does Botto get decapitated at any point in time during any of this?
1: No, I don't think he makes like an actual oh, that's on too bad. the two. Sp- there's like a Spider-Man like reloading his web launcher, talking to another one. And like yeah, there was one who just like kept singing show tunes, and like another <laughs> one who looked like that guy from the Social Network. So I, yeah, there's yeah, I, there's a lot of cool little. Yeah, and Dan Slott, he said in interviews that he plans on bringing every single incarnation of Spider-Man that he's aware of into this event. So
0: The reason why I ask that is because, you know, Spider-Man has this enduring legacy of, uh, you know, being the quintessential Marvel character. And yeah. I was
1: wondering, you know, do, do some of
0: those core tenets carry over? And it seems that they do, but there's so much malleability with this character, especially when you mess with uh, alternate realities, of course. Yeah,
1: know? I mean, I think it's cool that there are some characters that exist, like Superman and, and Batman on the DC side, that have kind of this uh, airtight mythology around them that you can kind of take the the core of a character and then change like one little thing like I'm sure you're familiar with the Superman Red sun oh, of course. Elseworlds comic where it was basically Superman if he had landed in Soviet Russia instead of in uh, Nebraska or Kansas Kansas sorry Kansas um, go Royals you know in Batman there have been all kinds of different Batman over the years from the the campy to the super dark to the realistic to the guy who's punching, you know, What's uh, in Batman Odyssey? Doesn't he punch like some T Rexes in that or something? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, he actually rides a couple of T Rexes. He, yeah. uh, he, ride, he rides a pterodactyl. With like Merlin and stuff? It's, too. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah.
0: Dave Clark, our advisor of Central Michigan Life, uh, we trade comic books on and off once or twice, you know, and uh, sometimes he just gives them to me if they just absolutely suck. And, you know, being <laughs> the absolute suckiness, Odyssey was one of those comic books. Uh, mm. I looked at it, and yeah, it's pretty ridiculous.
1: It's, it's hard to keep track of all these alternate universes with all these comic books, sure. which leads into a much even more complicated discussion about what's going on with just the overall state of the Marvel Universe as it is now. And you came in here with some interesting news that I had actually not heard today. Absolute chaos. Absolute chaos. As I'm flipping
0: around through the, uh, the cyberspace, surfing, if you will, I came across an IGN story that said that in Midtown Comics today, there was a, apparently a Marvel panel uh, where the CEO mentioned that, uh, hey, by the way, in May 15, everything's ending. The entire Marvel universe as we know it is going to shift and collide with the ultimate universe. And uh, there's a lot of this I don't really understand because I'm not a huge Marvel fan, but Malachi is luckily, but this is, this is huge. And they said it will have repercussions with the movie universe, with the, entire, the entirety of the entire thing. Which is just wild. And Malachi, please fill in the blanks for me if you can.
1: If you came to this podcast today expecting that you were going to hear a majority of Ben, then I'm I'm very sorry. No, no, this, no. this is the Malachi show. This today. is very painful for you at this point. I, you ensure. know,
0: it's it's okay. I enjoy uh, I enjoy waxing philosophical most of the times, but uh, sometimes I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. There are limits to my powers, guys. He <laughs> might beat me in that race. By the way, check out our promo card. Malachi and I are racing to the uh,
1: not oh, the yeah. death, but uh, definitely to f- see who the better. Titan is. Big shout out to uh, Daytona Niles and Nate Morrison for making that for us. Uh, Daytona took the pictures, and then Nate was able to kind of integrate us in there with typography. It was really cool. Uh, Hopefully, that'll be on our title card on on, uh, iTunes, so you'll be able to differentiate between all of our different podcasts. Um, I'm really proud of how that came up. I am, too. We look pretty badass, guys. It's pretty freaking sweet.
0: But that being said, uh, Malachi is the uh, higher hand, if you will on the Marvel Universe, so most of the show, I'm just going to add some color. This man knows what he's talking about.
1: <laughs> so basically, my understanding of this is it's going to begin with a uh, Secret Wars, which uh, Secret Wars was a a run. It was a big event. It was one of the first kind of large Marvel events that brought in a, a ton of characters back in, like, the 80s, and uh, basically the Beyonder, who was this uh, powerful uh, cosmic being transported uh, various heroes and villains to a place called Battleworld, which was this planet where they had to basically just fight. So the entire comic was kind of just based around all these guys being on a weird alien planet and fighting. Uh, this version of Secret Wars is supposedly uh, something similar, but each universe... Uh, so Marvel, the main universe, is called the 616, and then there's the 1610... We up into 616! <laughs> area code 616... <laughs> cold throwing gang signs. There's the 1610 which is ultimate. There's the films. There's all kinds of other ones that are all over the place and I don't really know much about. Um, Basically some of the ones that I already kind of touched on. Marvel Apes is one and the noir and all kinds of things like House of M, uh, all that stuff. Marvel Zombies. And they're all going to be like countries on the same either, like, flat plane of existence or, like, a world or something. And there's a map out there online if you want to take a look at it. It's got it color-coded, and it shows where each of these are in relations to each other. And apparently this is going to just integrate all of the universes together, uh, and I'm assuming there's going to be a huge knockdown drag-out fight because, you know, this is comics. And I mean, how could there not be? Right, there's going to be some punching involved, I'm, I'm assuming this. Uh, but they've been pretty quiet about how this is actually going to work. They've been releasing some preview uh, covers for some of the editions, and it's you know sparked a lot of uh, confusion among people because there's all these different versions of the characters running around. Um. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what this is going to mean. I mean, the entire Marvel Universe being dead, I feel like this is probably going to coincide with, I guess, the end of the Infinity War movie. Could is that be. kind of the plan? Well, because that's that's what I'm reading into this, too, because what I had read about
0: most of this stuff is, you know, yeah, okay, there's all this stuff in the comic books, but these events happen all the time. You know, you've got the new 52 that just happened in D.C. Basically, nobody really died, but there were all these different shakeups and storylines, you know, as to everybody keep knows. keep things
1: fresh, you know, keep readers interested. They
0: always do this. They always reboot. They always change the the universe it started with crisis and they've can kept this thing going on and honestly Secret Wars is basically you know Marvel's version of crisis pretty you're, much, yeah. you're bringing these universes together from some cosmic person the beyonder yeah, is basically the monitor yeah, and the anti monitor and there's all this other stuff too but you know they do these things and it's pretty regular but now we have a movie universe that we have to adhere to you know what I mean that with the Marvel universe is very closely linked to what's going on in the comic books most of the time mm-hmm. you know television now too So now that you have all these things linked together, I mean, you have to have a complete ripple effect. And, you know, if they're talking about killing core characters in the books, they are going to be as bold as what we had predicted, and they're going to kill off some major characters here. You know, when we had speculated that these movies were going to be the end of these characters, you know, that was, you could kind of see the path going there, but that was also just us being fans, you know, knowing what had happened. Now they pretty much announced that they're willing to do all of that. Uh, and I think some people are going to be disappointed. I mean, obviously, the comic book fans are going to have a really good time reading this stuff, you mm-hmm. know, seeing where this is going. But we were I, earlier today. I was reading some stuff about Batman, Superman, and they were questioning. There was some debate about who do you please, who do you who do you attend to, right? Obviously, there's this wider audience that doesn't read comic books. Right. They don't know the core lore or the little you know obscurities throughout the rest of it. You know, so you got to keep those people happy. You know, people come to these movie theaters to see Robert Downey Jr., to see Chris Hemsworth, to see Chris Evans, all of them shirtless most of the time. Pretty much. You kill off those characters. Colton likes them shirtless. <laughs> Could had a big thumbs up back Oh there. yeah! Two thumbs up from <laughs> Colton McCaskey. Right on. <laughs> just kind of looking at me, I'm like, why don't I look like that? Why can't I be Chris Evans?
1: <laughs> why can't I be Chris Evans?
0: Please, mama. Anyway, so, you know, I just, if you piss those people off and take away those characters, and don't replace them with something really, really, really fun and big and obviously shirtless, uh, some, some eye candy apparently. <laughs> obviously shirtless. Obviously shirtless. You know, are you going to lose those fans? I mean, it, the way that these Phase 3 movies come out, I mean, Doctor Strange, all these ones, this is fan-pleasing at its finest, you know? It's like we've gone through all these motions to set all this up, and you're getting these really weird characters that only really fans are getting into, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So is it going to work? I What I think is going on here is that if you know if this does coincide, and I don't know if they'd set a date in the news release that you read, and I haven't read that yet, so I guess I can't really comment on it too much, but I'm assuming that it's going to take some time for them to get to this point because usually these events take about a year at least, and you know if this is this big, I'm sure it'll maybe be ongoing for a few years. Uh, if it coincides with the end of the Infinity War, what I can assume happening is maybe just... Brand synergy, you maybe, I mean, what people have always, or what uh, Marvel's always kind of struggled with is getting the same audience of people who go to see their movies to buy the books. Even I don't buy a lot of the comic books, you know what I mean? The circulation rates are pretty low. You're not, everyone who buys a ticket for Avengers is not buying an Avengers comic. No, you know. that's kind of the problem. And there's like four different Avengers lines. Right. I think what this might be is a better way to kind of synergize everything together into one kind of shared cohesive product that people can jump into and be on the same page as one another. Uh, You know, maybe cause the infinity gauntlet basically can alter reality and all different realities. So maybe, you know, at the end of that movie, something happens, some kind of cosmic event that affects like the actual comic continuity and then everything gets kind of changed in a way that's easier to to you know understand going forward and kind of fits in with the movies and you've kind of seen that a little bit i mean when these movies first came out it was a lot of the movies uh, being influenced by comic continuity, and I think that's still true to some extent, obviously, but they they take their liberties with it and they play with that anymore. But what you really see now is that the comic continuity has been bending to the movies to be more like the movies. Oh, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson version Nick Fury has showed up in the main universe uh, as like the original Nick Fury, who's in the And he was only in Ultimate, man. right? Is that the original? Yeah, yeah. He, he only showed up in Ultimate. Uh, he's made his way into the normal. Uh, Agent Colson. Uh, Phil Coulson has made his way into the Marvel Universe. He was an original character created in the Iron Man movie. Uh, A lot of these kinds of things are kind of uh, bouncing off each other and playing. And I think just like the way that we are at right now, uh, I think the public's like media consciousness, media savvy is at a place now where they can do kind of like these really like meta stories, like something like Spider-Verse, which is extremely meta. You know what I mean? You're taking together pretty much versions of a character from all forms of media and playing off of you know the readers expectations of how those characters kind of work together
0: plus everybody knows who they are there's
1: pop yeah. culture
0: reference there now you Absolutely. know with all these years and years of building this up i mean everybody knows these different
1: like stories of the characters too yeah yeah so i think it's you know partially just uh them treating these audiences as uh i don't know if it's like respecting is the right word but i guess like treating them as being competent of like kind of taking what we throw at them at this point you know what i mean i think. They're more savvy to these kind of curveball, crazy-ass sure. situations like this.
0: And I think the, the propensity is to you know lose sight of who your original audience is sometimes with these things. But I mean, I know a lot of Marvel fans, and a majority of Marvel fans, are just happy that their characters are getting all this play. You know what I mean? Finally, they can walk around in all these different character shirts and not feel like the scum of the earth, (laughs) not feel like they're going to get shoved into a locker because these things are very popular now. You've got people who would have never even, like, even entertained some of these characters, you know, wearing their logos on every single thing that they can, you know? Um, It might be very good. Is it going to water it down? Uh, It's left to be seen. But for right now, I think people are pretty positive. People are pretty happy that they're, fandom can be embraced
1: I think and accepted i think you're right about them having to kind of walk that line between marginalizing their longtime fans like people who have been buying the books and keeping yeah. up with that and like these newer audiences uh i mean I, I can see things kind of going more mainstream fan way you know what i mean because yeah. they're the ones that are spending more of the money i think at that point and that's really what's kind of the lay of the land sure
0: you know you get two of hype- hype- people now in, in the comic book shops you know and that those two audiences were the core people and people who were casually there. There's a lot more people who are casually there now than there were before, you yeah. know? Um, And we deal with that in publishing all the time, right? So we're news guys. We always got to think about who's our audience. Obviously, there's some really cool investigative stuff, some budget stuff that we think is important, but are they going to read it? And I think that's something that all these other industries are starting to look at, too, you know? Yeah. Especially comic books. But that being said, we're going to move on again, as we always do. From comics to something else. See, Malachi likes to uh, watch cartoons a lot.
1: Oh, that's how we're setting this up? It's a good thing, you know?
0: Uh. A lot of people think that uh, cartoons are for children, unless if those cartoons... Ladies, he's single. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, hey, watch cartoons with Malachi. I don't watch a lot of cartoons. That's (laughs) not where this is going. Malachi does not watch (laughs) a lot of cartoons. exactly where this is going. But (laughs) what he does watch in the vein of cartoons is he's a big Venture Brothers fan.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is starting to kind of make its way into the more mainstream now, and I hope, do that, you I hope people even know who Venture Brothers. Are? I hope I hope a lot of people know who Venture Bros are. It's in season six now. Uh, season six coming up. Hopefully next year, this year. I'm not really sure. Uh, there's always like a year or two in between the seasons because they put so much time into the production and the writing and everything. Uh, but last night they aired a one-hour special on Adult Swim. Uh, And it's basically uh, a much better version of a season finale that we probably should have gotten for Season 5. Season 5 kind of ended on a downturn. Just to kind of briefly overview what this show is all about, it has quickly become one of my favorite shows on TV. Uh, It spoofs everything in pop culture. It's a cartoon show on adult swim. Uh, Adult language and violence. Put your kids away to bed before if you're doing this Cartoons for grown-ups. But basically if you kind of grew up around the same time as a lot of those old Hanna-Barbera cartoons like uh, Johnny Quest and uh, you know read the Hardy Boys uh, when you were growing up and are you familiar with kind of some of those tropes you know. The Hardy Boys not the Hardly Boys. Not the South Park variation. No no no. no. We neither of us have clues there. No raging clues in this
0: office. No. I can't speak for uh, Colton there though but uh, no raging clues here. Oh, God.
1: It plays with a lot of those old things. So basically it's about a super scientist father who's disillusioned because he used to be a Johnny Quest type guy. He was a young kid who was taken on adventures by a super scientist dad. And basically it plays with how messed up an individual would be from that experience (laughs) and how, like, inferior it's made him and how it's, like, affected all of his relationships basically as, like, a failed adult. And his two sons are... uh, Hank and Dean Venture, the Venture brothers. Uh, Hank dresses like Scooby-Doo's Fred. And Dean dresses like... Kind of like a cross between Buddy Holly and... mm, I don't know. That's that's kind of a tough one. Uh, But basically, they're kind of like... Johnny Quest, Hardy Boy type analogy characters, uh, and they go on like adventures out all over the place. And as the series goes on, the mythology and it gets a lot more and more complex. They introduce the OSI, which is basically a Shield type institution, the Guild of Calamitous Intent, <laughs> which is a which is a supervillain organization who basically the Shield and you know this evil organization are going at it, and they have. Uh, uh, what they're called arches arch villains which are like a registered to like you know be a part of this so like super villains are like a part of just like the public consciousness you know adult swim for you ladies and gentlemen yeah so his the villain that arches dr venture is named the monarch and he's like a monarch butterfly that's like his suit and everything and, and he just like, tries so hard yeah the greatest thing tries about so this, hard to be a super villain one of the best themes about the show is just like failure like all of these characters <laughs> are just such like, losers yeah like, the monarch fails at everything. He's got two dopey henchmen that, like, screw everything up. His woman, who may or may not look bad, has a very deep voice. She might be a man. Yeah. We're not really sure. David Bowie is the leader of the Guild of Calamus. I Intent, saw that. is the sovereign. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. David Bowie is a shape-shifting... <laughs> Aladdin's sane David Bowie, by yeah. the way. It yeah. looks... It's ridiculous. There's a lot of references to... Uh, Like progressive rock subculture and, uh, you know, 60s psychedelic rock and things like that. Basically, the show is made by a bunch of stoners. Just like really, really hip humor. Uh, There's a lot of comic book humor. There's a lot of uh, like pulp action novel humor, you know. Like, uh, if you've ever seen those like man adventure novels where there's like a guy (laughs) with like a ripped shirt fighting a bear like out in the wilderness, you know, while Indians attack him, like those kind of ridiculous adventures, you know. It's a really, really fun show. Uh, and I would absolutely recommend it. I think you can see episodes online on AdultSwim.com. or uh, I know they have the first two seasons on Netflix last time I checked uh, but it's definitely worth watching like all the way through the end. Great voice acting. Uh, Patrick Warburn uh, if you guys are familiar obviously from the from Family Guy Joe from Family Guy absolutely. voices some characters. And that's
0: the coolest thing about this show I think is that because it does bring all those things together you know it's got great people that you can recognize voices that you automatically know who they are. Uh, John Benjamin's one of them, wasn't it Yeah,
1: yep. John Benjamin plays. So there's a character called Dr. Orpheus, which is basically a (laughs) Doctor Strange type character. And uh, H. John Benjamin is like his. Master, basically. That is fantastic. Yeah. And,
0: you know, when I first, I haven't watched as deep into this as I think Malachi has. Uh, I've casually watched Adult Swim and seen some of this stuff. And Venture Brothers has always been one of my favorite things. When it's on, it's like, oh, I'm glued to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe one of the first episodes I actually saw, which is so funny because this is all just one big spoof of Johnny Quest and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There's an episode where they're hunting. Uh, what well, they're hunting, Rusty has this this younger. This older brother, younger, older brother.
1: Uh, younger brother, yeah. He has a younger brother who is a very, very tiny version of himself. He's a very tiny man. He's like a successful version of Rusty, which is really funny. Is basically this... Younger brother shows up out of nowhere and immediately takes on the legacy of their father, who was like, looks exactly like him, has a long ponytail,
0: this beard. He looks like some kind of like Hemingway adventurer, too. Yeah, and
1: he's got like this great, like, manly adventure voice. Hey, Dr. Venture. It's fantastic. Welcome to
0: the future, you know? Absolutely. And so, well, they're looking for him in this this particular episode, and they eventually have to go visit somebody, and they're kind of, like, wary of who it actually is. They haven't really mentioned him by name. So there's this like, this diving bell in the middle of the ocean, and it's Johnny Quest's, you know, dwelling. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he's been there for 20 years. They,
1: they call him Action Johnny in <laughs> the Action <Show>. Johnny. <laughs> he's, he's
0: pantsless. Yeah. He's got his black <laughs> shirt on, and he's got a pair of undies on. He's got a beard. He looks like he's been smoking crack for at least 30 years if you can stay along yeah, alive for thirty years smoking he's crack. like just a junkie and he looks ridiculous but it was so funny because it's like you reduced this character who has like one of the largest like cannons in like old school comic and cartoon history mm-hmm. and you've just completely derailed him all for just a like gag and it's it's completely irreverent
1: well and there's a great episode too where uh Old boy adventurers go and get uh, counseling. I think it's called self-medication. <laughs> so Doctor Venture goes. Action Johnny is there. Uh, Wonder Boy, which is like a Robin analog. Sure. All of these guys sure. like sit down and they're in therapy. And the whole episode is about how like if these characters actually existed like in real life, they would be so f- messed up from their experiences. You know. I'm just gonna rattle off some names of characters and like what their quick like bios are. Here's the rundown. The show gets really ridiculous. Uh. And it's hilarious. Okay, so one of the villains is Phantom Limb, all right? Phantom Limb. All of his limbs are invisible. Phantom Limb. Oh, God, I can't feel a thing. There's an OSA... OSI agent called Bumrush, and he is dressed up like a hobo, and he has a shopping cart, and basically his <laughs> attack Rush. is to attack people by running at them with the with the shopping cart. Uh. <laughs> One of my favorite characters is uh, Private Shoreleave. Private Shoreleave. And Private Shoreleave is like, <laughs> that a hom- sounds <laughs> he's like a homosexual uh, <laughs> sailor-type character. Yeah. Uh, Saw that coming. He's really funny, though. It's not offensive or anything like that, but, you know, you get the joke there. Shoreleave, he's a sailor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so on and on um there is Trucules, who is a Hercules guy but like the top half of his body is like a diesel truck wow <laughs> so we're talking about like Autobots meet centaurs yeah there's oh man there's just so many of them too just so many uh there's Ghost Robot who's a just like a robot who has a ghost cape on him don't, there's, there's some robot in, in, a, in a particular
0: episode where it just won't shut up or it's very annoying, correct? Like uh, it beeps and blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what the I'm talking about? The helper robot, right? The helper bot, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yes. This is one of my favorite characters, by the
1: way. This crazy characters. So
0: different names, um,
1: spoofs of everything. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, if you have a pretty decent understanding of pop culture, I think you can get a lot of the jokes. And uh, they throw a lot at you. It's They're always changing the status quo of the show. Hank and Dean... Uh, die in several episodes and it's revealed that their father has just been cloning him oh yeah, yeah. I, I did see that they're, they're just so inept and they always die on these adventures that he's just been like cloning them and they don't know you know it's so fantastic. there's one episode where they show all the different deaths that they go, they have and they're all just really stupid you know um there's Molotov Cocktease which is like a <laughs> a black widow <laughs> secret agent type character she's <laughs> like a Soviet Russian you know spy um Oh, man. Venture Brothers, man. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. And it's it's by William Street, right?
0: William Street yep. is, is the production company. I yep. mean, William Street are the guys who brought you Space Goes Coast, Coast to Coast way back in the day. Uh, you know, all these different fantastic shows that Cartoon Network has really banked on. And I don't think, I mean, this is Cartoon Network's long history of spoofing its own, you know, prime characters. Yeah. I mean, Space Goes Coast, Coast to Coast was, was brilliant. I look back at that show and there's so much stuff that I, I completely missed, you know, being an adult now raunchy humor subversive humor all these different weird things and just very savvy too oh absolutely it's really under the radar now i understand why my dad loved watching that show so much with us you know because it was ridiculous to us but for him it was probably wonderful and i bet that's the way it is with venture
1: brothers too last character there's one called dr henry killinger (laughs) (laughs) and he's based off henry kissinger i am not a crook He, he henry he's henry where are you he's exactly like henry Kissinger. Except he has, uh, he speaks in like the same ridiculous accent voice, but he's like a Mary Poppins type character and he helps like villains become more villainous. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I could go on and on. Like, seriously, all these are just gold. I mean, the concept of these characters is hilarious. So if you get a chance. Watch, Bill, Bill Watch Hader. Favorite if, you're, show. if you're familiar with Bill Hader from SNL, he voices later on Stephen Colbert's in a few episodes. Wow, they
0: really like reach into the bag of like really relevant voices, oh, yeah. don't they? Yep, yep.
1: Wow. There's some more that I'm not remembering right now, but yeah. Anyway, check it out; it's a great show.
0: So, guys, this is a short one. We've got shit to do. You've got shit to do.
1: State of the University, State of the States tonight.
0: Yeah, if you guys aren't watching that, well, we're, we're recording right now, so we're missing. This you. is
1: Tuesday night, so.
0: But we are gonna get it on replay. We've DVR'd that shit, mm-hmm. so... Politics, yo. Pay attention. Rock the vote. Stay alive,
1: America. Write your congressman. Sure. And tell him you want more... Raving Geeks. Raving Geeks. At the same bat time, same bat channel. You guys got any comments? You want to send us angry letters? News at cmlife dash is where you can do it at. Uh, we're gonna be trying to put some posters up. Hopefully, spread the word. Uh, I have the analytics to our site now, so I see you guys. Ooh, I see you out ooh, there. Ooh. Uh, I see it growing. Haha, we got your i. Uh, what is it, ISPs? ISPs. Well, brokers? not that. I mean, uh, we're not going that far. We're we'll taking your credit cards. <laughs> we will sell all this information to the government for a nominal fee. And maybe DC and Marvel, so they can track you too. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. We'll see you later,
0: folks.